views and opinions on the following program are not necessarily those of the staff and management of Oldies 1079, WOLD, or SRN Communications. It's time now for Here's the Thing, a show that's all about you with your host, Lauren Cardinal, a board-certified hypnotist and results coach. If you're looking to make a positive change this year, learn lifelong tools to reduce stress and be present. If you're stuck and need to remove the blocks that are from success and happiness in the areas of your life, or if you want to get a new perspective on things, well, it's time to talk to Lauren Cardinal. To talk to Lauren, call 732 748 1079. That's 732-748-1079. And now, here's your host, Lauren Cardinal. Good evening. Thank you for joining me. This is Here's the Thing. I'm your host, Lauren Cardinal. I help my clients identify the life they want to live. And if you want to change your life, it starts with changing your mind. Thank you for listening and welcome. Last week, as you know, I wasn't here. Sean was hosting the live Woodbridge fireworks for the holiday weekend. Very exciting time. And for those of you joining me now, I'm grateful for you listening on 107.9 FM or online right now. And also to the Sussex County listening audience and podcast listeners. And a shout out to my podcast listeners in Tokyo. According to my podcast hosting site, about 30% of the plays are from listeners in Tokyo. So thank you for listening. So for tonight, are you a sleep chaser? Do you have a diagnosed or self-proclaimed sleep issue, a disorder or dysfunction? Have you been told or do you know you have insomnia or sleep issues? If you've been suffering with a sleep disorder, you know how serious it is. Sleeping is healing. And without it, it absolutely can wreak havoc in our lives. Sleep is one of, and thinking about it, sleep is one of two things that every single one of us needs to or does every single day. The other one is drinking. We also eat, but when we think about it, the things that we can go the longest without. We can go longer without eating, but drinking and sleeping, we start to deteriorate faster. So sleeping is an important part. And even if we think that we're awake for several days, our minds kind of go into a mini sleep function with our eyes open. And for those of you that haven't slept for many days, you know what I'm talking about. Our brains need sleep. Sleeping is healing. And we've talked about it before as it relates to stress and illness in general. That resting and sleep is your body's way of going into homeostasis. It's resetting. The body has a miraculous way of healing itself if we let it. And some of us keep pushing and pushing until our bodies begin to shut down. We've talked about this on several occasions. And it'll get to the point where your body starts to shut down and we have to rest. You get sick, you get bronchitis, you get pneumonia, things just get worse. I'm thinking of an example of somebody that I worked with. It started out with a cold and she kept working and then it turned into bronchitis and then she kept working and it turned into pneumonia. And then she was out of work for six weeks. So 
that sleeping, that resting is the body's way to heal. And then other times we want to rest or sleep, but sleep doesn't come. And that's more of what we're talking about here tonight. The chronic sleep disorders that can rob you of your energy, your health, your work performance, and your quality of life. And for those of us that have even occasionally, if not consistently, struggled from sleep issues, when we are unable to sleep, it becomes the sole focus of our days. How to get it, how to improve it, how miserable we are without it. Sleep is so important that it can become a primary motivator on a daily basis. And I'm going out on a limb to say that even if you don't currently have sleep issues, you know what it feels like when you don't get enough sleep. The amazing part to me is that even though we may suffer from sleep issues, most of us don't have a clear reason why we're suffering. Having a name for what we're experiencing is helpful. Beyond that, however, we need to know what to do about it to heal. So tonight we'll be talking about chasing sleep, possible causes, the health issues sleep deprivation can cause, and offer some solutions, because that's really the important part, right? Making that connection and so that we feel like we have more tools in our chest in order to um, approach the issues that we're experiencing. So if you experience sleep issues, I would like to hear from you. Share your experience, what you're currently dealing with, how it's affecting your life, or share any solutions that you've found. The lines are open, 732-748-1079. That's 732-748-1079. And first off, I'll get started. I'd like to mention that tonight's show is brought to you by North Star Asset Management. They're investment advisors located in Panther Valley with over 30 years of investment experience. You can check them out online at www.nstarinvest.com. They've been helping people create long-term success with their financial plans by choosing the appropriate withdrawal rate. If you're at a distance from their location and you're not sure whether you're in their service area, you can give John or Andrew a call. They often do house calls and they may be able to come to you. For more information, call 908-850-9991. That's 908-850-9991. Or again, you can find them online at www.nstarinvest.com. As I mentioned at the show start, my last show was on June 26th. It was about demystifying complementary therapies. And as I mentioned in that show, some of the items were kind of out there. And if you weren't familiar with any of the names, I was joking that you could just be the bell of the ball the next time you hear about it and talk about it because you'll know more information about it. Um, And last Monday was the live broadcast of the fireworks for the 4th of July holiday. If you missed the June 26th show and you'd like to hear it, or you'd like to hear it again, or listen to any of the prior shows, you can find the podcasts on my website. That's www.laurencardinal.com. Again, I'd like to welcome the Sussex County listening audience to the show on WRSK. That's 97.5 FM, broadcasting from Sussex County Community College. That show is played on a pre-recorded basis on Saturday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. 
And for my Sussex County listeners, if you'd like to listen live or call into the show, the shows are Monday nights from 7 to 8 p.m. on 107.9 WOLD Radio. You can listen to the show on the internet at WOLDradio.com or through the TuneIn Radio app on your phone. So uh, we'll get started. We have Jerry on the line in Neptune. Good evening, Jerry. Good evening. How are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? Uh, I'm, uh, I suffer with the worst type of uh, insomnia I can think of. Which is I that? Go, Which is that? Uh, well, I, uh, the la- latest episode lasted three months. Mm. Three months of not sleeping or disjointed yep. sleep? Not sleeping. And how did that affect your days and your life? Well, I was, I was to the point where I wasn't trusting anything I thought or felt. And mm. I just, you know, was really beside myself. Sure, of course. Now, you mentioned that the last episode was for three months. Is that yeah. episode over now? Uh, well, it left for a day and then it came back. Okay, so you're currently experiencing those issues? Yes. When it left for a day, did you do something differently? No. Hmm. Not that I know of. Okay, okay. So what do you currently do now? What do you, and do you think that you know of a, of a cause for it? Well, a friend of mine just uh, kind of left, and we were real close, and um, that's the only thing I could think of. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, the emotional issues certainly can have an effect on sleep. Absolutely. And you notice well, that upon the your friend leaving, that's kind of when things started? Yeah. Okay. Actually, that night, it was uh, uh, March 17th, uh, and it lasted uh, all the way past uh, Memorial Day. Okay. And what happened after Memorial Day? You said it lasted. To me, that sounds like it, it was it, over it, for a while. Well, it lasted until, uh, I'd say, the Monday after Memorial Day. And then I it just went away for one day. Okay. Then it came back. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I'm still not sleeping. And have you talked to your physician about what you're experiencing? Yeah. Yes, um, they even had me on... Uh, 300 milligrams of trazodone. Mm-hmm. And absolutely nothing. Nothing. Hmm. And when it went away, you mentioned over Memorial Day weekend, it went away. Was this, well, uh, that Monday afterwards. Uh, okay. Okay. And did your physician recommend uh, attending a, a sleep clinic at all to identify? Yeah, that, yeah they, they tried doing a sleep study. Mm-hmm. All me and the technician did was wind up staying up all night looking at each other. <laughs> oh, no. That's not what the sleep study is supposed to be studying. Well, I couldn't sleep. Yeah, sure, sure. So where are you now in terms of um, options for yourself? Have you looked into different things that you can do to help you sleep aside from the medication that the doctor prescribed for you? I went to, uh, I've tried therapy, uh, therapists. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I, I have a lot of ideas to try. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. 
Well, and we're going to, tonight we're going to talk about a number of different options, and I don't know how many of them you've already tried. Certainly seeing a therapist, talking to your physician about it, uh, doing the sleep study, those are the top three that I think people do because we're going to the medical professional. That's an important part. We want to make sure that anything that we're doing is safe. And the sleep study, when you're able to fall asleep, can be beneficial in terms of determining different uh, the way that you fall asleep or how you're sleeping and the electrical activity while you're sleeping. Uh, there are some some natural remedies that we'll get into talking about. So um, I would be interested if you either want to hold on to the line or listen to the show and call in at the end to, based on what you're experiencing, to find out if any of them resonate with you. Because okay. it's, okay. Been, it's been my experience that when we hear something that we think will work, like the, some of them it'll, it'll be, no, no, that doesn't really interest me. But then something is said and you're like, wow, that, that's something that I think I'd like to try. And I'd like to see if any of those things resonate with you. So will you give okay. a call back or either hold on or give yes, a call back at the end? I'll give a call back at the end of the show. Okay, that sounds great. Thanks, Jerry. We'll Thank talk to you in a little bit then. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. So that's interesting. And Jerry definitely is experiencing one of the types of sleep issues that in my research I learned about and that chronic not sleeping. I would say even just from what Jerry was saying is the most difficult, even not, not trusting his own thoughts that just Contemplate that for a minute, not being able to trust your own thoughts, what you're saying, what you're thinking. And I feel for Jerry. So I want to I wanna get started in some of the things that I wanted to go over just to see if any of these do resonate with Jerry because it would be good for him to feel like he has some options, right? Absolutely. So let's get started. Oh, I'm just looking at my notes here, and I did want to mention something very specific, something that's I think is fantastic news. I want to give a huge shout out to George in Texas. And I'm looking at Sean, he's remembering the call. Um, you may remember a few weeks back when the show we talked about was stress. I think it was early June, the June 5th show, I think. Anyway, we had a caller. It was George. And he spoke about stress and the anxious feelings he was experiencing and has experienced and that he was given Xanax and he shared with us that he had no idea how addictive it was and when we spoke he mentioned that it was his intent to release it from his life and as of the, that conversation he had already made tremendous progress in doing so prior to the time when he called in cutting down on the dosage and waiting longer between each pill well I've learned that George has not had a Xanax pill in over a week. And what else is amazing to know is that he was told that he could experience symptoms in the 5th through the 10th day afterwards. And he experienced one episode and did not take a pill. Way to go, George. Woohoo! Congratulations. You must feel so proud and deservedly so. Very strong. You're very strong. Believed in yourself. You believe that you could do it. And here you are. Fantastic. So, George may be blushing right now where he is, but that's okay. Right, George? 
So we'll get on with the show. Great to hear. George, if you want to call in and share some of your excitement about what you're experiencing, we'd love to hear from you as well. For those of you just tuning in, you're listening to Here's the Thing. I'm your host, Lauren Cardinal, board-certified hypnotist and results coach. And tonight we're talking about chasing sleep, sleep issues we experience and what we can do about it. And again, if you experience sleep issues, I would like to hear from you. Share your experience. What are you currently dealing with? How is it affecting your life? And what solutions have you found? This is a big topic. And the more information we can all gather and share, the better off we'll be. And again, the lines are open, 732-748-1079. I read that 50 to 70 million people in the U.S., not worldwide, in the U.S., have problems with sleep. Women more than men, and older people more than younger people. So if you're experiencing sleep issues, you are definitely not alone. And every day, we have our rhythms. They're called the circadian rhythm, rhythms. We wake and we sleep, wake and sleep. And our cortisol and sleep hormones are keyed into that. If your sleep is disturbed, not only will you have problems with attention and memory or similar problems to what Jerry was talking about, not trusting his thoughts, thinking isn't, isn't coming the way that you'd like it to. You'll have problems with cortisol, blood sugar, which leads to weight gain, and immune issues. And that's more than just the feelings of anxious feelings or feeling depressed, because those can be there too. And when there's a sleep disorder or dysfunction, what can often happen is that after an extended period of time of experiencing the issue, we can get a reaction that we're not going to sleep. We're not going to sleep. We get afraid that we're not going to sleep and can end up dreading going to bed at night. Sleeping problems can create consistent feelings of anxiousness. And I know this is the case for many people that I talk to, including a family member of mine. He's nervous every night before going to sleep. I have to get sleep tonight. I can't be woken up. I can't be woken up. And the other part is, if I'm woken up after I fall asleep, I can't get back to sleep again. Of course, when speaking with him, my response, because of what I do and the way that I think, I respond that he's got to stop affirming that belief and making it so. I suggest that it's time to tell himself another story. In his case, even if he's up for hours during the night, the anxious feelings he has once awakened actually prevent him from going back to sleep. I suggested that his new story, his new affirmation could be, if I wake up, I always eventually fall back to sleep. In his case, that is what takes place. So it's a believable affirmation for him, making that his story. And I th if we think about that for a minute, if someone is lying awake, stirring, restless, nervous, thinking, oh no, I'll never get back to sleep. It's 3 a.m. now. It's 4 a.m. See, I knew I'd be awake. I'll never get back to sleep. Are those familiar words to you? If so, now think about the statement at, at that very point in time of reminding yourself, I always eventually get back to sleep. Now, that may not work for you. Your situation may be different. And please, just as an aside, please, please stop looking at the clock. If you don't know what time it is, then you won't know how much sleep you didn't get. 
And that can be such a big part of the mental battle you're doing in your head. Oh, that means I only got two hours of sleep. That means I only got one hour of sleep. If you're not watching the clock and you don't know, sure, you'll feel tired the next day. But the quantifiable part about it is less of a story and you just feel tired. And then you can go about your day a little differently. So I want to ask you, what are you affirming? What are you drawing the line in the sand about? Are you claiming that lack of sleep as your own? I'm, and I'm thinking of my family member in, in that case. He's, he's drawing the line in the sand. Once I wake up, I can't get back to sleep. That's an affirmation. He is absolutely making that so. So changing that tone, I always eventually get back to sleep. And just think about your situation. What are you affirming? What are you demanding? What are you creating? And maybe changing your affirmation doesn't work for you, but it's an option and it's a place to start. Because sometimes change starts with changing your mind. So starting with changing your thoughts and your words. And if you need help in doing that, in finding an affirmation that works for you, that's believable, that is consistent, that can keep you more relaxed during the, the night, then give a call, 732-748-1079. And when we experience sleep issues, like Jerry, we often are sent to or do sleep studies in a clinic. And there are a few different kinds of testing that go on. They will monitor the electrical activity in your brain, the EEG, encephalo, electroencephalogram, and watching, et cetera, just like what Jerry was saying. There's something called a polysomnography. It's a sleep study that evaluates oxygen levels, body movements, and brain waves to determine how they may disrupt sleep. There's also genetic blood testing, a blood test commonly used to diagnose narcolepsy and other underlying health conditions that might be causing sleep problems. And I think those can be beneficial because earlier we were talking about even if we have a name or a label, we don't always know the cause. So if you're able to do the genetic blood testing, sometimes that will indicate a cause and then there's, there could be more opportunity to change tax and do something about that. And we can get some answers as to what's going on. A name or a label for it sometimes but not always the reasons as to why in all cases. And it helps me remember um, someone that I know who went to a sleep clinic and she deprived herself of sleep for 24 hours beforehand to be studied for how she went to sleep and everything else that they do. And this individual learned that she has hypersomnia, sleeping more than she should. And she was quite relieved to finally know what it was. Finally an answer, right? She was asked what she can do about it, and the doctor said nothing. There are medicines we can give you, but they won't work. And that was many years ago, and information has come a long way since then, but answers to sleep issues still seem to be evasive, right? I mean, even just hearing from Jerry, trying different things, going to the sleep studies, he was trying all of the, the customary things with the medical professionals and sleep is still evasive for him. And there are the sleeping medications. And those are, are an option through medical professionals always. But I'm tonight I'm mainly talking about being able to do one of the most natural things to us, which is sleeping, and trying to do it naturally. 
Right now, the two mainstream options for us are the sleep studies and medications. In fact, they used to give a sleeping pill to everyone who went into the hospital because if you were ill, you needed sleep. So it was standard course, sleeping pill. And as an aside, there's also the, one of the mainstream options is the CPAP machine. But that's used after a study or a, a talk with your doctor has been done to evaluate the condition of sleep, which is sleep apnea that could be at play. So the studies, the medications, the CPAP machine after sleep apnea has been diagnosed. And other things are mentioned on the website for the National Sleep Foundation. I looked uh, while I was doing my research. And the two main things are still the sleep study and the medication. But I am pleased to see that supplements like melatonin are mentioned more regularly, guided imagery. And we'll get into more of that in a bit, even what Jerry has mentioned about uh, therapy. So uh, you're listening to Here's the Thing. I'm your host, Lauren Cardinal. Tonight we're talking about chasing sleep, sleep issues, causes, and possible remedies. I also wanted to mention that there are sleep issues of too much sleep, that hypersomnia, the narcolepsy, um, which narcolepsy is feeling very sleepy during the day, and you may involuntary fall, involuntarily fall asleep during normal activities. In narcolepsy, the normal boundary between awake and asleep is blurred. And while those are definitely sleep issues, tonight we're talking more about the sleep issues that prevent sleep from happening. And there are different types of sleep issues. There's the kind where you can't fall asleep at first, even if you're tired and you're tossing and turning, then you fall asleep later on and waking up tired. And that can be a sensitive nervous system. And that's called onset insomnia for the type. And avoiding caffeine at night or avoiding exercise before bed, avoiding the blue light from screens, they can all help. And if you're doing those things, they could easily keep you from falling asleep easily. But this type of insomnia can also be known as a circadian rhythm disorder. And there are a few classifications of circadian rhythm disorder, like more, more acronyms here, DPSD, delayed phase sleep disorder, or not being able to fall asleep at a certain clock time because your circadian rhythms are out of whack. There's also shift work disorder, which if you're working the night shift things, your biorhythms, the circadian rhythms just get out of whack. There's also something called non-24, which I wasn't aware of until probably the last year or two. And it affects the normal 24-hour synchronization of the circadian rhythms. So it just, you, those rhythms are just out of whack. Some other types of sleep issues. What if you fall asleep right away? No trouble. And then wake up later and can't get back to sleep. Your mind is racing. That's like my family member. That could be, from my understanding and my research, that could be a sensitive liver could be a digestive system sensitivity. And those that fall asleep and then wake up between 2 and 4 a.m. may be more common with those who have immune system disorders. And melatonin often works in those situations. What if your sleep is spotty? 
on and off through the night. Just miserable sleep. You're waking up, you're going back to sleep, you're waking up. Maybe you're feeling anxious. Maybe you need to get up and use the restroom. It could be many things. And that type of uh, sleep issue is called maintenance insomnia. There are those that stay awake all night, like Jerry just explained. And that could be something that's going on in the brain, a neurotransmitter issue, not functioning well. It's also known as chronic insomnia. There may be things keeping you up at night, the jerking, jerking issues of your legs or your arms or jerking you and wake, waking you up. That can also be something neurological, heavy metals. There may be humming or buzzing keeping you awake or restless leg syndrome, nightmares, night terrors, or just perseverating on things that in the house, like is the stove still on or, you know, I think we can all relate to that at times, certainly. Tinnitus or deafness, something about the changes of the cues in our outer world can affect the sleep patterns and those rhythms. Obviously, nightmares, tremors, any neurological disorders can affect sleep. People with Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, even postpartum, uh, kidney disease, or if you're on dialysis. Anything that changes the sodium or potassium levels and magnesium, it messes up your sleep. And that is known as comorbid insomnia because there are two different conditions going on, at least two. Aches and pains can keep you up. Rashes, eczema, chronic conditions keeping you awake. Chronic immune system problems, chronic illness, chronic fatigue or fibromyalgia, adrenal problems, heart problems. Something about the inflammation that affects sleep. Last week I was talking to a friend of mine who was visiting her cardiologist and she said, you know something? My cardiologist asked me about three times as many questions about my sleep as anything else. That link between sleep and heart issues, particularly as I understand if it's a, an inflammation. And if anybody out there is a physician and wants to weigh in on this, please give a call. We'd love to get more dialogue about this, increase the learning. Sleep issues can be hormone related. It can be postpartum or if you have a new baby, if you have a new baby sleeping with a one eye open because you're keying in on somebody else's distress, you're not able to fully let go and release to fall asleep. Also perimenopause or menopausal hormone issues. And what Jerry alluded to on the call earlier, there could be emotional issues, maybe unresolved issues needing to be processed. It sounds like he was talking about missing his friend. That's something that can weigh on us, even if it's not something that we're, we understand at a conscious level. We talk about emotional things on this show, at least I do, on a consistent basis. There's something deeper that could be going on. A loss, problems with family. Uh, with marriage or with money, with work, problems with children, even politics, the changes that make us stay up at night and worry whether it will be okay. Even feeling bored or restless can keep us up, and those conditions are called acute insomnia. And one that I feel we hear about so often, I mentioned earlier, is sleep apnea. There could be blockages, the mucus or postnasal drip, pressure in the back of your nose or throat. You may snore. Uh, it's harder to breathe if the neck is turned a certain way. And additional weight on the body can exacerbate the issues. Water retention can be a cause as well as PTSD can significantly increase the likelihood of sleep apnea. 
And interestingly, the National Sleep Foundation lists that those who suffer from PTSD are more than 60% more likely to experience apnea issues. Now, in mentioning this, they did list PTSD as war experiences exclusively from the study that they've done. And certainly war experiences are likely the top known cause for PTSD, but I also include several other causes of post-traumatic stress disorder that could be causing the apnea. It applies to anything we're having difficulty processing and something that could keep coming up for us and triggers us. It's an after-the-fact emotional issue that keeps coming up, wartime or not. And please keep that in mind. Sleep apnea increases your risk for high blood pressure, atrial fibrillation, congestive heart failure, liver problems, and even issues with your teeth. Cracked or worn teeth, jaw pain, you're more prone to cavities. Because if you're sleeping with your mouth open, it's an opportunity for the air to get into your mouth and create more havoc in your mouth. Atrial fibrillation, which is a common type of irregular heartbeat, and a lot of the other heart-related issues that go on. Um, high blood pressure. When you stop breathing while you sleep, which can often be the case in sleep apnea, your heart rate drops, and then your involuntary reflexes make you startle, which causes your heart rate to accelerate quickly, makes your blood pressure rise. In addition, sleep apnea can lead to repeated episodes of lower oxygen levels in the blood, which could be beneficial for some of the studies that they do to check those oxygen levels. Increases in carbon dioxide levels, pressure changes in the chest, and increased inflammation in the body, all of which can wreak havoc on heart function, which is why my friend was asked so many questions from the cardiologist about the way she was sleeping, because all of these can have an effect. You know, I found it interesting that the Stanford Center for Sleep Sciences and Medicine say that there are over 100 different types of sleep disorders. Yikes. But at the bottom line of it, to name a sleep disorder really is a name. And it's important because it can help direct you to find the cause. But at the same time, unless we understand why, the sleep can still be evasive. So I often talk to people about sleep issues and will always encourage that you go inside. You go and check what you're feeling in your body because nine times out of 10, we really know what's going on. We know what the issues are and there is opportunity. So on that thought, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be back in just a minute. For those of you who are retired or close to it, have you taken the time to conduct a safe withdrawal rate analysis? If you're like me, you've spent a lifetime saving for retirement and now you want to make sure that it lasts. Few things are more important to the long-term success of your financial plan than choosing an appropriate withdrawal rate and establishing that rate early on can make all the difference. The investment advisors at North Star Asset Management in Panther Valley can help you determine what withdrawal rate is right for you. They've been working with retirees in the area for the past 30 years years. For more information, the number to call is 908-850-9991. 
That's 908-850-9991. Or find them on the web at nstarinvest.com. And now, back to Here's the Thing, a show that's all about you on WOLD. And your host, Lauren Cardinal, a board-certified hypnotist and results coach. If you'd like to speak to Lauren, you can call in at 732-748-1079. That's 732-748-1079. Let's get back to the show with your host, Lauren Cardinal. Welcome back. Welcome back. Tonight we're talking about chasing sleep. And we've talked about the feelings surrounding sleep, the anxiousness, tiredness, of course, and the frustration. But now that we're back from the break, I think it's a good opportunity to discuss what we can do about it that maybe we haven't already tried. So let's get started on that. And please, if you have any items to add to the list, you can call in and share. You can email me. Sleep is important. And if you found something that works for you, either in the way you structure your day, nutrition, supplements, mental attitude, whatever, you can share that with us, 732-748-1079. First, I want to mention that if you're someone who falls asleep between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m., even for 10 minutes, that 10 minutes is so powerful. Your body is healing at an accelerated rate. You may be tired but your body is healing. Between 10 and 2 is the most powerful healing time for sleep. It's okay if you don't sleep, your body is still healing. And you may be irritable and tired, but your body is healing. For those of you who fall asleep 3 a.m. or later, if you rest between 10 and 2, your body is still healing. There is a part of your brain that is sleeping. The National Sleep Foundation suggests four things for insomnia. Relaxation exercises like progressive relaxation, meditation, guided imagery, setting strict sleep rules, seeing a therapist, and talking to your doctor about medication. But I want to expand on that a little bit more, add a few options in. Um, Let's see, let's get started here. Several other options, and you can see if any of them resonate with you, because when you hear it, you'll know it. We always do. So foods foods. We talk about with sleep things that are high in magnesium, high in tryptophan, high in melatonin, high in calcium because calcium calms things down. Remember the warm milk before bed. So uh, magnesium, mango before bed, tryptophan, bananas. They're high in the right kind of glucose. Bananas are also high in tryptophan. Cherries are a good source of melatonin and this is any time during the day. It doesn't have to be right before bed. Spinach is high in magnesium. It's also high in calcium. Again, doesn't have to be right before bed. Spinach isn't what we usually think about eating right before bed. Lettuce has sedative properties. It calms the nerve. Walnuts are high in tryptophan and melatonin. Wild blueberries, wild blueberries, they pull MSG out of the brain, clear things out. And cilantro pulls heavy metals out of and MSG out of the brain, clears things out. And supplements, and if you notice that I'm speaking very quickly, it's because I have a lot to go through here, and I have somebody on hold that I want, I want to get on the show here. Uh, supplements, many of these I don't know about, but I'm sharing them with you from what I've read and learned while doing my research for this show. So again, if you have additional information that you'd like to share, you can call in or you can email me. I can always do a follow-up to sleep. Sleep we could talk about for more than one show for sure. Uh, There's supplement called L-glutamine, pulls MSG out of the brain. Melatonin in supplement form. 5-HTP, magnesium glyconate. It's more identifiable to the nerves and muscles than magnesium calcitrate. And I realize that I'm speaking in technical terms about uh, the supplements, but I'm, I'm guessing that 
you may already be familiar with some of these if you are experiencing sleep issues. That's why I'm running through them quickly. Uh, there's one called Pharmagaba. I don't know about that one, but it was listed in several places. Passion flower, something else. Um, other things that we can do. Keep in mind that we're most alert between 8 and 10 a.m. and 8 and 10 p.m. There are things you can do to work with your biorhythms to help you get sleep. One is not doing things to keep you up during that 8 to 10 p.m. time period, like looking at your email. You can change your bedroom, remove books and cell phones. You must stop doing the things that require mental effort, just as a first course. You can also do what's called CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, when the National Sleep Foundation talks about therapy, talking about CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, changing your thoughts about yourself kind of along the lines of those affirmations that I was mentioning earlier. There's also dialectical behavioral therapy, which is similar to cognitive behavioral therapy with a focus on mindfulness. You can do meditation, progressive relaxation, yoga, hypnotherapy. I am a hypnotherapist after all. I've had many clients with sleep issues. You can see some of their testimonials on my website. Hypnotherapy can be extremely beneficial with sleep issues, particularly when approached from the medical support perspective in combination with your medical provider. There's also something that is new to me I haven't experienced before, but I want to learn more about, which is why we have a gentleman on hold that I want to bring on to the radio show, and it's called float therapy. Ken Kaplan is joining us from Quantum Floats, which is in Bedminster, New Jersey. Ken, are you there? I am, Lauren. Hi, Ken. Good. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Good. Thanks for joining us on the show. My pleasure. So float therapy. What can you tell us about float therapy? What is it? How does it work? How is it beneficial to us? Well, it's been around uh, for many years. Uh, the research from float therapy comes out of the 1950s and 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, a surprising fact because like you and like me only five or six years ago, I didn't know the first thing about it. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. What's been happening now is that it's gaining a lot more popularity, particularly as athletes have been promoting it. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry, for example, uh, is one of the notable athletes that talks about float therapy and what it has meant to his ability to play basketball at that level. Mm-hmm. Um, Great. And, and so you, what, what we're seeing now is a resurgence of float centers opening up uh, all throughout the United States. My float center in Bedminster opened in November 2015. We're already expanding that facility. Fantastic. That's great. And what, what happens if somebody goes to, to your location what is a float therapy session like? So when someone comes for an appointment to float, they have a private room. Mm-hmm. And in the private room, we have a shower. In the new facility, we'll have a shower and a toilet. Um, and in the private room is a tank. And float tanks come in all shapes and sizes on the outside. But essentially on the inside, there's only about a foot of water. And in that water is dissolved nearly a 1,000 pounds of Epsom salt, which means you float like a cork. Mm -hmm. The water Mm -hmm. is more buoyant than the Dead Sea or the Great Salt Lake. And even people like me who used to swear that I can't float and never could float, (laughs) you go in a float tank and you float effortlessly. Nice. 
the water temperature is set at about 95 degrees, which is the ambient temperature of your skin. Mm -hmm. So, so far what I've described, two things are happening. Because of the buoyancy of the water, you're minimizing or cutting off the effects of gravity. Mm -hmm. And because the temperature is set at the ambient temperature of your skin, there's no sensation of hot and cold. In addition mm -hmm. to that, the tanks are quiet, so there's no noise. So you don't have the constant bombardment we have of noise. Sure. And they're dark, so you don't have the light stimulus as well. So the experience of floating can be described as, as really profoundly different than anything out there in the sense that you cut off nearly all external stimulation. Mm -hmm. You free yourself of that constant bombardment. And it's a profoundly relaxing experience. Most people spend an hour in the tank, but what happens is that as people float, they tend to want to float longer. Hmm. And I'll get a lot of questions <laughs> as I go around and speak. People will say, an hour? How can I spend an hour in the tank? <laughs> but you have to think about it, too, in <laughs> terms of, you know, people who can finally get to bed at night and sleep. Uh, very few people will complain about sleeping three or four hours. If anything, it seems too short. And so what happens is you build up a float practice, an hour starts to seem short. And, and generally people want to float a little bit longer than that as they accumulate some float experience. And Ken, do you find that, that those who will do a session of float therapy, is that what you call it, a session? You could call it that, yeah. Okay. When they go into to float for an hour, that after that experience, they do experience better sleep at night as a result of that um, seclusion from the outside yes. stimulus? Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, not just from my own personal experience and not just from seeing clients for five or six years, but also the research shows that floating helps people with sleep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you find that you have a typical client that participates in float therapy? Our clientele is pretty diverse, but our steady clientele is people who have stress, mm -hmm. is people who, who have trouble sleeping. Um, we have a large number of just people who are running families uh, or engaged in business. Mm -hmm. And they make time to stress, to float, because they've got these other places in their life where they, they, they build up stress for themselves. Well, you know, and it's interesting, too, because uh, we often say that unplugging and getting time away is so important for stress release. And even in meditation, just taking time, there's a, the phrase in meditation, if, if you don't have time to sit for 15 minutes, you likely need to sit for an hour just yep. to get that clearance. And... For what you're providing, it sounds like it is an easy way for people, almost a, 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 a chosen forced way, if I can say that, to unplug, disconnect. Yeah, some people, when they get out of the tank, they refer to their float experiences, meditation on steroids. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's funny because with hypnotherapy, when we talk about affirmations and changing beliefs, I often refer to hypnotherapy as affirmations on steroids. So that's that's funny. Um, do you find that there is a certain clientele that is not participating in float therapy that you think could really benefit for certain conditions or experiences that they're having? 
we've seen it at, at our flow center, and I see from statistics at other flow centers that people have been discovering we're seeing that floating helps with a wide range of uh, ailments and things that you know people are complaining about. Sure, sure. Uh, you know, fibromyalgia and stress and and you know inability to sleep and body aches and muscle aches and mm -hmm. you know up and down the spectrum in in terms of uh an underserved clientele you know i can't it's i i, I really can't think of any because really what it what's going on in the in the float industry is that we're at a period now as you had said before introducing me where people are just discovering it mm -hmm. so it's so it's underserved in the sense that there is still a uh, a big um, knowledge gap, let's call it, sure. um, with, with people who just have not heard of it. Mm -hmm. And I, I go around on nearly a daily basis speaking about floating. Many of the people that I speak to, I have to start off the presentation by first explaining to them what what it is and how it works. Sure. It's fascinating to me that, that weightlessness the um, shutting off everything around I just the picture that keeps coming up in my mind aside from the heavy salt content is that it's very reminiscent of being in the womb is it not yeah that's that's another I mean I don't remember what it was like to be in the womb and um, well you're talking to a hypnotherapist so I will encourage a, you that uh, you do <laughs> well but it is a uh, you know an interesting way to think about it. I've heard other people think about it that way one of the things that um, is important to keep in mind is that all of those, let's call it external stimulation, uh, the noise, the light, the temperature differential, and a huge one, the gravity, just paying attention to gravity to be able to stand up and not fall over, mm -hmm. take up a huge amount of, you can call it circuitry. And so we're constantly devoting a tremendous amount of our brain power just paying attention to what's going on in the outside. Mm -hmm. Now, in sure. a float tank, that is minimized to an extent that you can't get in your bed at night or in your bathtub or even in a quiet place because in all of those examples, you still have a lot of that external stimulation, including gravity. So one of the things that make floating so profoundly relaxing is that you're in this environment where there's literally no external stimulation. You free up all that circuitry that normally gets devoted to paying attention to those things to actually check in with yourself mm -hmm. and relax. Sure. And checking in with the body is such an important part of any healing practice. Any healing yeah. practice. Do you find that everyone falls asleep? Is, it, is the idea for therapy to fall asleep? Or is it really just that, that relaxation component? Most people report that it's different than sleep. Mm. Although it's, 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 you know, people come out of the tank sometimes and, you know, said they, you know, they, you know, they've had a great nap. Uh, I've even, you know, I, I can describe some of my floats as being just fantastic, restful, what seemed like sleep. But, mm -hmm. um, it is different, and the, the difference is because in that environment where you are free of nearly all external stimulation, 
there is a certain awareness that you have in a float tank that is different than sleep at night. Even though from a physiological point of view, you cycle through the first sleep cycle when you're in the tank. Mm-hmm. You go from your beta fast brainwave mm-hmm. associated with conscious thought all the way down, even down to the lowest delta brainwave state and then back up again. Interesting. Interesting. That's great. And it would stand to reason then that the, the healing perspective of a variety of different conditions is there because that resting is allowing the body to heal itself. So that, and for, for our listeners, it's the idea of the float therapy, something where you can be back in your body and being aware of your body and reminding, almost it seems, reminding your body of its ability to relax and unplug and to realize how easy it can be to get into that state. It sounds like that also helps for the nighttime sleep. And float therapy, uh, sound like what you were describing, that it's sleep but not sleep. I certainly hear that with hypnotherapy. I hear that about yoga at the end, the savasana that's at the end of a yoga class, certainly meditation. It seems like all of these things help an individual to almost remember what it's like to relax and get into that reset state. Would you agree with that? Yeah, that's, that's a good way to put it. It, it re- you know, you could also say all those things have to do with resolution because, mm-hmm. you know, listen, you know, the things that keep us up at night are often the things that are, you know, in our thoughts, uh, often really deep in our thoughts. Sure. Uh, sure. And floating is a great tool to resolve those things and if you're resolving the places in your thoughts where you're worrying or stressing out or thinking about what he said or she said or why this isn't happening or why you're not entitled to or why everybody's done you wrong in the world which you know are really you know thoughts that uh, are not um, uh, in alignment with what's really going on when you when you start to resolve that you melt away the stress that comes associated with those kinds of thoughts. Sure, sure. And can, can all body types and weights use float therapy? I would yep, assume I so, but just to have that out there. It's a, it's a good question. I have not found a body type or weight that has not uh, been able to fit in the float tank yet. Great, and, uh, great. Let's just say I've seen all types. You're great, I'm sure. I'm sure. That's great. And Ken, how can people find you? Uh, we are uh, in Bedminster. Mm-hmm. The name of the float center is called Quantum Floats. We have three private float tank rooms right now. Within about three months, we'll be opening up a new facility also in Bedminster where we'll have nine private float rooms, which will make us one of the largest float centers in the entire world when we're open in a few months. Great. That's great. Ken, I'd like to thank you for joining us tonight. The information is really interesting. I'm glad that you were able to bring that information to our listeners. Uh, Quantum Floats in Bedminster. Um, Look for Ken. And thanks again for joining us, Ken. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Good night. You as well. Good night. Thanks. So in closing, great. Um, If it's time for you to get some sleep, 
There are options we talked about in the show. I hope they were information informative and helpful. Um, for further information, certainly please review the information provided by the National Sleep Foundation and or reaching out to your medical provider. If you'd like to explore hypnotherapy for sleep issues, you can reach me on my website, laurencardinal.com. If you're interested in float therapy, certainly you can reach out to Quantum Floats in Bedminster. Bedminster for my Sussex County listeners, I believe Garden of Life Massage and Yoga also offers float therapy. In closing... F. Scott Fitzgerald, the worst thing in the world is to try to sleep and not to. There's another quote, you know, I like the quotes at the end of the show. It's an unknown author. I'm not asleep, but that doesn't mean I'm awake. I would like to thank my sponsor, North Star Asset Management. I'd like to thank our caller, Jerry, as well as thank Ken Kaplan from Quantum Floats. I'd like to thank you for joining me. Set your calendar and tune in next week live at 7 p.m. If you don't want to miss the show, until then, keep it light, smile, and enjoy. Good night. For those of you who are retired or close to it, have you taken the time to conduct a safe withdrawal rate analysis? If you're like me, you've spent a lifetime saving for retirement and now you want to make sure that it lasts. Few things are more important to long-term success of your financial plan than choosing an appropriate withdrawal rate and establishing that rate early on can make all the difference. The investment advisors at North Star Asset Management in Panther Valley can help you determine what withdrawal rate is right for you. They've been working with retirees in the area for the past 30 years. For more information, the number to call is 908-850-9991. That's 908-850-9991. Or find them on the web at nstarinvest.com.